G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. If you're going to live life to the full, to bear fruit, to have a legacy, and enjoy the blessing of God, it's very important that you go narrow and deep, not shallow and wide. And in today's program, we're going to see Jesus teaching precisely that here in the Gospel of Matthew. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. And here we have an amazing teaching from Jesus, one that deserves a lot of attention, not always easy to digest, but it's from the words of the Master himself, and it helps you to go narrow and deep, not shallow and wide. I learned that from my university professor. If you're going to be a top student rather than an average student, that's the way to go. Maybe put it another way. We need to learn how to scuba dive rather than perpetually snorkeling in the things of God. Snorkeling is fine to a point. But if you want to see the rich depths of what's under the sea, you can't just do that by snorkeling. You have to go down deep. And that's where the scuba diving comes in. I learned that at the Barrier Reef. And I'm telling you, when I scuba dived for the first time, rather than snorkel, as most of the people on the boat, I saw things the rest of them had no idea. It was amazing. I still can remember it till now. Christ's deeper teaching is the name of this lesson. And our range of verses is Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 to 42. And here Jesus is going to speak very straight, very deep, and it's not, how should I say it? We do need some explanation of what's being said, but ultimately when you understand the tenor of it all, it makes perfect sense. Jesus is telling us, about so many things. For example, he says in verse 38 of Matthew 10, that he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now, this is not feel-good kind of teaching. It is, of course, the price we pay if we're going to live the full Christian life and reap the full biblical reward. If all we do is take the parts of the Bible and of Christ's teaching, 
that we like and make us feel good, then all we're doing is putting a new patch on an old garment. Our lives are the old garment that has holes. The new patch is what we learn in the Bible and we like and we put it on. But the danger with all that, as Jesus himself teaches, and I have emphasized this already, is that the patch will tear off and the hole becomes bigger. We can't have an a la carte, piecemeal approach to God's Word. It is a set menu. And part of the set menu is this issue of self-denial, cross-bearing, and following Jesus. I know, again, it doesn't sound nice, but actually, the truth be told, it is liberating. Because when you do exactly what this verse says, you are being set free from your sin, your past, your guilt, your shame, your selfishness, your bad habits. The sin-dominated self-life, in other words, is being crucified as you take up that cross. When you die to self, you're also dying to the world when you carry your cross. And that's important, too, because the world has no future as it is. It's, it's no more future than the Titanic after it struck the iceberg. Why do you want to stay on a stricken vessel that is going down and going down quickly when you can get on the lifeboat, the lifeboat of salvation, and make it to your desired haven? And so that's what we have to do, is practice self-denial, cross-bearing, and following Jesus. And when it comes to saving your life and losing it and losing your life and finding it, yes, there is a very simple explanation of what it means, and it's worthwhile. Because if you save the life that you have designed, you're going to lose everything. If you forsake your own ideas, securities, and manipulations, and basically trust God for the life He's designed for you, you're going to get life with dividends. Our lesson is called Christ's Deeper Teaching from Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 to 42. So let's read that together. Matthew 10, verses 32 to 42. This is the word of the Lord. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household." He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give 
to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Our reading is from Matthew 10, verses 32 to 42. And our lesson is called Christ's Deeper Teaching. Well, the stakes couldn't be higher. We're going to survive and succeed in the days ahead. We have to build our lives on a rock. And in order to do that, we need to hear and do the words of Jesus. It couldn't be clearer or more stark. For those who confess Christ before people, then Christ will confess, own, advocate, and save those same people before Almighty God in heaven. It's breathtaking. Yet for those who deny Jesus before men, he will deny them before God. Now, denial is lunacy because Christ cannot be your mediator or savior without your permission. This is a serious but unpartable sin. Now, Peter is both famous, or shall we say infamous, for denying Christ three times during the Lord's Passion. But he was restored, forgiven, and went on to be a great apostle. Being filled with the Holy Spirit helps you conquer your fear of man and gives you the boldness and willingness to confess Christ before others. So, yes, it's easy to get intimidated and keep your mouth shut for fear of rejection, ostracism, criticism, or the like. But it's amazing how bulletproof you become when you are filled with the Spirit, because greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. Now we'll come on to some passages which are not easy to digest at first glance, but they are still life-giving, and they come from the mouth of the Savior Himself. Matthew 10, verse 34, A sword, not peace. This would be considered a difficult and confusing passage that Christ came to bring a sword and not peace. But it helps immensely if you understand the meaning of the word peace. Now, in Hebrew, we should know what that word is. Shalom. Shalom, which often speaks of temporal as well as spiritual blessings. The Jewish idea of peace was, in the time of Jesus, to remove the Romans from their occupation, return to complete Jewish autonomy, and for everyone to live under their own vine and own fig tree, implying both peacefulness but also complacency. Christ's coming will hasten the Roman sword against Judea if, of course, they reject his word. And this is exactly what happened in the year A.D. 70. Jesus was rejected, A revolt came against the Romans a few decades later. The Romans took four years, but finally subdued the revolt, destroying the city of Jerusalem and the temple of Herod in its wake. The Prince of Peace wants to give peace on his terms, not ours. Perhaps that gives us more of an insight of what Matthew 10.34 actually means. But then the Savior goes further. He talks about variants found within the same household. We learned about this in the last lesson, and it comes up again. Now, the spirit of the world cannot and will not unite with the spirit of Christ. This can mean division, 
even within a family. Remarkably, rabbinic writings allude to exactly the same thing. For example, in Sanhedrin, folio 97, it speaks of when Messiah comes, a daughter will be against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. In Sota, folio 49, just before Messiah comes, a son will insult father and daughter will rebel against her mother. Making a stand for God can be very costly, even within your own household. Sometimes when you come to faith, even when your family doesn't understand, they will still appreciate that you're a much better person now than you were before you came to faith, that you're a better son or daughter or mother or father or what have you. At least that's how it should be. And you know what? If you persist in doing what is good, it is possible to win over those family members that at first were adversarial. So it's not all bad news. But nevertheless, don't be surprised when those who you think should be the most supportive of your coming to faith in Jesus may end up being the most hostile. Love Christ first. Matthew 10, verse 37. Here's what separates the adults from the children. If you love parents or children more than Christ, you are not worthy of him. Now, let's get it straight here. In no wise is Jesus contradicting the very law he came to fulfill. For example, the fifth commandment says that we are to honor mother and father. James and John, for example, made the painful decision to leave their father Zebedee with the boats and the hired hands in order to follow Jesus, though it may have resulted in severe public displeasure by the part of their father Zebedee. When God calls you in one direction and the family wants to go in another direction, it is always wisdom to choose God. Or when God calls you to come forward and family wants to lag behind because of their love of the world, don't hold yourself back waiting for that family member or members to catch up with you spiritually. Keep growing in God. It's the best thing you can do for them as well as yourself. And then Matthew ten thirty eight, take up your cross. This is the beginning of discipleship. Self-denial, meekness, God-centeredness will come and replace self-centeredness. And these are all the prerequisites to a fruit-bearing, God-honoring life. It is also the secret to overcoming a sin-dominated self-life. As I said earlier, cross-bearing is not optional. It is not just a good idea. It is not only for the super-spiritual. It's for everyone who names the name of Jesus. Without cross-bearing, we are condemned to carnality. And let me tell you, carnality stinks. It holds you back. It makes you barren and unfruitful. It could even endanger your soul. Remember, it tells us in Romans chapter 8, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, who wants death? We want life. If you want life, paradoxically, you have to embrace the cross of Jesus and let your old man, sin nature, be crucified. When that happens, a new person takes its place of righteousness and true 
holiness. So yes, Paul reveled in the cross of Jesus. He not only had the most favorite sermon topic, Christ crucified, but he tells us in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, God forbid that I should boast, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. And then Matthew ten thirty nine, find or lose. Another remarkable statement. If you find your life in this world, you will lose everything. If you lose everything in this world, including your life, you will find everything. While stark, the words of Jesus bring abundant, joyful living. Let me put it to you this way. If you lose the life you've designed for yourself, for the sake of Christ, you're going to find real life, abundant life, eternal life. But if you seek to save your life in this world, it doesn't just mean saving your life so you can keep living on. We're talking about life on your own terms, not God's. If you seek to save that life, you could lose everything, and it's not worth it. Price representative, Matthew 10, verse 40. Apostles and disciples represent the king. Whoever receives Jesus, who sent you, will receive you. And the same goes that whoever receives you, receives Jesus, who sent you. Whoever receives Jesus as true Messiah, receives the heavenly Father who sent him. So when we're received, Christ is received, and so is the heavenly Father as well. There is a chain link, or chain of command. And then, receiving the righteous. Matthew ten forty one. Along the same train of thought, when you receive a prophet or righteous person in the name of a prophet or righteous person, you receive the respective reward of that said prophet or righteous person. Charity to the righteous makes us stakeholders of their ministry and recipients of their rewards. And then there's that incredible statement, Matthew ten forty two. End of the chapter. A person who gives a cup of cold water in the name of the disciple will in no wise lose their reward. The simplest of courtesies gets the mightiest of benefits. And that's really amazing. If God numbers the hairs on your head, he's also watching and weighing our thoughts, our words, our actions. Our lesson is called Christ's Deeper Teaching. And what is our lesson for life? Whether your deeds are great or small, God the righteous judge will reward all. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education. And thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter. We want to help prepare you to be future ready with articles about the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we are counted worthy enough to come to you through Christ. We're counted worthy because we said yes to Christ and the gospel and to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit and to the church. And that, Lord, help us to bear fruit in every season as we increase in the knowledge of Christ, in whose glorious name we pray. Amen.
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.